Welcome to the Inspired for Action podcast. I'm Amanda Genther, and I'm here to share inspiring stories of online entrepreneurs who are killing it in their business and having fun at the same time. I want to prove that there's no one right way to market your business and sell your offers online. There's only the way that feels good for you and that works for your audience. I'll be getting down and dirty with my fellow online entrepreneurs to share step-by-step stories on how they created, launched, and sold their offers online. It's time to step out of fear and into action. Hey guys, welcome back to the Inspired for Action podcast. I am so excited about today's interview. I am talking to Steph Taylor of stephtaylor.co. She is a launch strategist and we are diving into her latest launch, which did not go according to plan. So we're going to talk about what actually happened and how she flipped it around. And then I'm asking her a couple of questions like what are her students and her audience's biggest fears around launching and how does she help them shift their mindset around launching. And then I'm also asking her a few questions like what to check first if you pre-sell a course and nobody buys it and how to talk about a problem so that people actually listen. Lots of good stuff that I'm talking to her about today in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's go ahead and dive in. All right, guys. I have Steph Taylor here. Steph, can you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody who doesn't know who you are yet? Yeah, sure. So, hey guys, I'm Steph. I'm based in beautiful Brisbane, Australia. So that's where the funny accent comes from, if you hadn't noticed. I love to travel. So in any given year, I'll probably be traveling like every two or three months. And when I'm not traveling, well, actually while I'm traveling as well, I like to help entrepreneurs bring their ideas to life through high impact launches. I'm also the host of a bite-sized podcast about marketing and launching called Socialette. And I've been doing the business thing for almost four years now. So first I started out running a health food product-based business. Then I pivoted big time into creating content for the health food brands and almost turned that into like a marketing agency of sorts. And then now I finally found my groove teaching entrepreneurs how to launch and teaching them how to market their launches through online courses and a membership and coaching. Awesome. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is launching. So we're specifically going to be talking about one of your latest launches. Can you tell us uh, what that launch was for? Like, What were you actually launching during that time? Yeah, sure. So that was for my Instagram course. It was called Instabam and it's basically a complete roadmap to using Instagram to market your business. Okay. And how did that that launch go? <laughs> Not as well as I'd hoped, <laughs> to put it nicely. No, and it's good because these are the stories that we never hear, right? So I'm so glad that when you and I were discussing, like, what can we talk about for this interview, you, this was one of your options was like, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I think it's so refreshing to hear those stories because yes, not every launch goes perfectly. From the outside, it looks like it may be going perfectly, but from the inside, like your feet are swimming and kicking and you know, you're just trying to stay afloat. So why don't you tell us, I guess let's just dive in. When did you actually, when did this launch happen? So this would have been July now. So a couple of months ago. Okay. So let's talk about how did you launch it and what happened? 
Yeah. So I went for the whole typical webinar style approach, you know, multiple webinars because this was going to be my biggest course launch yet. I had such big sites for it. It was a brand new course. People had been asking for it. I knew that there was gap for it in the market. So I thought, okay, this course, I'm going all in on this launch. And I had 900 people registered across four different webinar time slots. And I don't, I'm sure we're going to dive into exactly what went wrong in just a minute, but yeah. So before everything went wrong, 900 people registered, webinars all queued up, emails queued up and in my mind, this was just going to be the best launch I'd done so far. Okay. So then we, everything was going good, right? We had all of our webinar registrations and then what happened? So day one of the webinars, Monday rolls around and 10 AM rolls around and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, cool. I've got this a little bit nervous because no matter how many webinars you do, I don't think the nerves ever go away. And I think that's probably a good thing because it's a sign that you really care about it. But so I'm sitting there 10 to 10, I think, okay, I should probably start thinking about pressing the go live button, start getting people to introduce themselves, tell me where they're from. I press the go live button. And just so just so you guys know, I had 450 people registered for this first webinar. For some reason, everyone signed up for the first one and, and not as many for the next few. So 450 people registered. I press the go live button and I get the spinning wheel. I get the preparing your live webinar room for 20 minutes and it just didn't change. And the webinar room never loaded. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> only, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and just imagine what I would do. So, I mean, what did you do? Did you freak out? What'd you do? <laughs> I was, so my first reaction was almost denial. So I was, I, I work in a co-working space and some of my best friends are in that co-working space. So I remember walking out of the meeting room that I'd booked and I just went and sat in the kitchen where my really good friend and my former boss was sitting. And I said to him, I said, you'll never guess what just happened. My webinar just crashed. And he was, he just looked at me like, what are you doing sitting out here? Like go and put that fire out. So anyway, once it hit me, I went back into my meeting room and I thought, okay, crisis control mode. What do I do? I sent an email to everyone who had registered for the webinar. I told them what had happened. And then I thought, okay, I need to record a version of this webinar that these people can watch because they've all set aside, like some people had put their kids to bed. Other people had taken like their lunch breaks early just so they could attend this webinar. So I had to give them something. So I recorded this really quick version of it. And needless to say, because it was such a quick version and I was just so flustered when I was recording it, nobody bought from that recording. Mm-hmm. Did you just email the recording out to them? Yeah. And then, so after that, I thought, okay, this is, this is bad. I've just lost half of my webinar registrations Mm -hmm. and I have another webinar in, I think it was about six hours time. Meanwhile, the webinar platform support team was offline because middle of the day here in Australia, it's nighttime in most parts of the U S and there was nobody to tell me that this wouldn't happen again for my afternoon webinar. 
So I had oh to make God. a big call. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay, my God. So what did you do for that, for that <laughs> second webinar? So firstly, I went home. I poured myself a very big glass of wine and I climbed into bed. I had a massive ugly cry. And then I thought, okay, pick myself off the floor. What am I going to do? And what, luckily one of my really good business friends, she called me because she'd heard about what had happened. And she said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to send an email to everyone who's registered for this afternoon's webinar. And you're going to talk them through exactly what it was like for you when you logged on to that webinar and you couldn't get that room to load. You're going to paint the picture for them detail by detail and tell them how terrible you felt and let them know that they have the option to re-register for another webinar later in the week. And if she hadn't told me to do that, I don't know what I would have done. I love that. So you kind of like pulled the curtain back and just showed them like, look, this, well, and especially because of what you talk about, I feel like that's so like that's gold because what you talk about is launching. So being able to pull back that curtain and show people when things don't go right and show them like, Hey, look, like I, I've done this before and these things still happen, you know? And then this is, this is kind of how you fix them and how you keep, keep going. So Exactly. Yeah. That's a very smart friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I think one of the other things that really helped was I, so I'm part of Amy Porterfield's in, I think it's insiders club Facebook group because yes, I've completed her. Too, yeah. Oh yes. I think I have yep. seen you in there. Um, cause I've completed her digital course Academy and I posted mm-hmm. in there and I told people what had happened and somebody from team Porterfield actually replied and said, you know what? Like that's hap- that happened to Amy not that long ago. And I was like, okay, good. If it can happen to the best of them, that makes right. me feel so much better. That's so true. Okay. So you sent that recording, you recorded that video and you sent that out to the people who were supposed to be on that first webinar. Yes. And and then invited them to sign up for another webinar. Yeah. The second group of people. So the afternoon webinar group got the chance to sign up again and I added another time slot to make up for it. Okay. And then how did those webinars go? Not as well as they should have. So what happened in Monday's webinars just really knocked my mindset. And I going into the other webinars, I went in with this mindset of now I've got to really like, I've got to make lots of sales to make up for it. And if these sales don't happen, then I failed. This launch has been a failure. Mm. And do mm. you do you remember how many people you ended up getting to purchase the course after those webinars were over? Uh, 11 people, which 11 was people. Okay. about, which was a f- almost a fifth of my goal. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. what was your, <laughs> what was your goal? So your goal was like a uh, 50 people, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so obviously going into a launch with this mindset, like going into these webinars with this mindset of I need to sell or I'm a failure. That is not the right mindset to have when you're going into a webinar and I knew it at the time, but there was just no way that I could so quickly at such a quick, at such short notice, change my mindset. Yeah. And that's such a good point because I know so many of us like associate, like if this launch fails, it means that I'm a failure. So how, you know, looking back on it now, like how did you shift that mindset to not think that way? I looked at all the things that had gone well in the launch and I, uh, in some ways I 
I put more weighting on the thing, the successes in that launch than the failures, which to some extent were out of my control. And although it didn't feel like it at the time, now looking back on it, I know that wasn't in my control and I did the best that I could at that time. Hey friend, really quick. I just want to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you guys about a brand new free thing that I have for you. And it is called the sales page starter guide. So if you are an online course creator or membership site owner, or if you have any type of offer that you are planning on launching or relaunching in the near future, then you need a sales page. And I know how intimidating it can feel to open up a blank Google doc and just stare at it, hoping that the right words come to you and it never happens, right? So I put together the sales page starter guide to give you a head start on writing what could be the most profitable page on your entire website. So inside of this free guide, you're going to learn the exact 14 sections that you need to include on your sales page. And I'm going to walk you through every single section from the opening headline to the final call to action. Then we're going to talk about how to pick the perfect platform to build your sales page on. Plus, I'm going to share what my favorite is. And I'm also going to give you my eight secrets for designing a long sales page that people will actually read. So if this sounds like something that could definitely help you, then I want you to go grab it right now for free over at amandagenther.com forward slash guide. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yes. Yeah. There are just some things that during a launch that are totally out of your control. Exactly. And in that time, like my mind was focusing more on the fact that, oh, I have, I couldn't convert these people rather than, oh, I managed to get 900 people to sign up for my webinars. And the people who did attend the webinars said they were really good. And, you know, I, I, 10 people, like that's still 10 people who enjoyed the webinars enough to actually hand over money for my course. Right. And even if they didn't purchase this time, there's a good chance that the next time you open the course, they'll purchase. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So the webinars are over. What happened next? Uh, Was this course created before you did the webinars or was this something that you were pre-selling from the webinars? So I'm a big fan of pre-selling because I think like so much work goes into creating a course and you honestly, like you can do all the validation in the world, but you don't know if anyone's going to buy it until they actually hand over money for it. So the course was about 50% created. I'd, I'd mapped out all the content. I just needed to create the slides and record the content. And to me, that's the most exhausting part. Recording is so exhausting. It takes a lot of work. You can't outsource it. So I was like, okay, I want to be sure people are going to actually pay for this course before I start recording it. And even 10 people, like that's enough validation for me to go ahead and create it. Yeah, for sure. You had 10 people who raised their hands or 11 people who raised their hands and said, yes, like I want this. So, okay. So that was in July. Yes. Okay. So the course is now created. It's going, you have happy customers. What is the plan going forward? Have you launched it since then or are you planning to, or what does that look like? No. So since then I've, my whole business, the way the, the, my focus of my business essentially has now pivoted purely into launching. Okay. So prior to that, I was more of like a, a generalist marketer And about a year ago, I identified that launching was the thing that I wanted to be known for. 
but I just sat on that for so long and I couldn't bring myself to pivot because I thought if I pivot again, my audience are going to think, who is this girl who just keeps changing her mind? So I just stayed as the generalist marketer. People didn't know if I was the Facebook ads girl, the Instagram girl, whatever. So now that I've pivoted, when I relaunch, the next time I launch my Instagram course, it's going to be using Instagram in a launch rather than just Instagram for business. Awesome. So you're, you're niching that course down even more. Exactly. Yeah. And for, yeah, so I've realized that there are a lot of other Instagram courses out there, even though I know what the point of difference with my course is, my audience doesn't necessarily know that. And to them, it doesn't make a difference. They don't know that they need a solid content strategy, for example. They don't know all the different things that they need. So for them, when they're choosing between Instagram courses, it's often a decision of price or it's who's got like the sexiest offer. Whereas I needed something that was actually like a more tangible, more concrete point of difference with my course. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. So now that you've shifted to focus on launching, did this launch like really give you that like fuel to shift to talking about launching? It gave me, it, it was what ignited the process, mm-hmm. but what really fueled that shift was what I'm part of at the moment, which is the affiliate launch for Digital Course Academy by Amy Porterfield. And that was what started getting me talking about creating courses and launching courses. Because while I love teaching people how to launch, I don't love teaching people how to create online courses. And I think Digital Course Academy does that so well. And that's something that I was just so proud to promote. And it kind of surprised me how many people in my audience were open to creating new products, new courses, new things in their business, and how open they were about talking about the fears that they had around launching. And I thought, okay, so there are all these people who have these amazing ideas in my audience. They want to launch them, but they don't know how. And so that was really what ignited the, okay, I need to actually pivot right now. I can't sit on this any longer. Yeah. You kind of saw that need and that's Amy's course is such a perfect like compliment to what you're teaching. And I'm totally with you. Like I love promoting Amy's course because I don't love teaching people how to create courses, but I love all the other, like how to market and sell the course. That's, that's what I love to do too. So I totally get that. And that's why I loved promoting Amy's course as well. So, okay. So you mentioned that you noticed like a lot of people have these fears about launching. Can we touch on what maybe some of those fears of launching are and what you, what you teach your audience, like how to kind of shift to that mindset, um, so that they're ready to launch. Yeah. So a lot of the fears that they have are limiting beliefs, but the biggest actual fear that I've seen is people are afraid that they're going to launch and nobody's going to buy. That is the biggest one. And this one isn't so much a mindset shift as more of an actual action that they need to take. And that is to validate the idea. And I teach people that validation isn't asking your family and friends, hey, what do you think of my idea? Because they're going to tell you what you want to hear, right? It's more about getting out there, talking to people in your audience, figuring out what their struggles are, how they describe the problems in their words and how you can transform their lives, how you can get rid of that problem for them. 
And then also pre-selling. Like that is the number one way to validate, like I mentioned before. So that's the biggest fear is nobody's going to buy. But then there are also the limiting beliefs, like my audience size isn't big enough. I don't have enough people on my email list. I don't have enough Instagram followers to launch. I'll launch once I have a thousand followers, a thousand subscribers, whatever. That is such a big limiting belief because people don't realize the power that a launch has in building your audience because you're like, you're showing up all the time for your audience. You're putting all this extra effort into marketing that you wouldn't normally put in. And it has a snowball effect on your audience size. So I guess those are the biggest two. Yeah. And those are definitely, I mean, I can, I can totally see those two coming up so much. And I think like when you were talking about like the, just the validating the idea and kind of like what you did with your launch, right? Like once you have those, those people that are raising their hands saying, yes, I will pay for this done. It's validated. Like you've validated your idea right there. You just have to put it out there. So I love that you mentioned that so much. I think that that's so smart. So yeah. um, And sorry, I forgot to mention like one big thing with validation is often once you make something and you sell it and nobody buys it, it's not because the idea is wrong. It might just be something that's wrong in the way that you communicate it. So rather than scrapping the entire product, the, the entire product or the entire service or whatever it is that you're launching and starting again, it might just be a matter of figuring out how you can articulate that offer even better so that people actually do want to buy it. Yeah. So would you recommend then if someone does do a, let's say someone does do a pre-sale of their course and nobody buys, like what is usually the first thing that you say, check this, like check to see this, change this, test this? Yeah. So check to see what the promise you're selling is and who you're selling it to, because often there's a bit of a mismatch. So maybe you've created this promise that you're going to get somebody, I don't know, a thousand followers. Let's just say that's the premise of your course, right? The, you're going to get them a thousand followers and you've got this audience that you think wants a thousand followers, but maybe they actually don't want a thousand followers. Maybe there's actually audience B who are the people who want a thousand followers and you just haven't considered the right people for it. Or alternatively, maybe you can stick with audience A but they don't want a thousand followers. They want more sales. So in that case, you would change the positioning, you'd change the promise of your course so that it's getting audience A more sales. That's the result that they're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. One thing that I always find too, like when I'm working with clients just on like funnels is the, just the language that they're using. So a lot of people tend to describe the problem using their like expert language, right? And it's like, that's not what your customers or your audience, they're not going to say those words to describe their problem. Those are your words that you would use to describe the problem because you're in it, but that's not what they want. And it's kind of one of those things like sell them what they want and then give them what they need, you know? Like, so a lot of experts are like, no, but my audience really needs to learn this if they want to know how to do this, right? But it's like, but they don't want to learn that yet. They want to learn, you know, like just how to build their email list. They don't want to, you know what I mean? Like they don't want to learn those other pieces Uh, that come way after that, they just need to start at step one. So I think that's usually something too, is just the way that you talk about the problem, which you were saying like with the messaging and positioning and stuff like that, just, just using the actual words that your audience is using, not 
forwards. I love that you've mentioned that because that reminds me of something that James Wedmore says. And so he uses the example of a headache, right? So your audience has a headache. That's, That's what they describe the problem as. You might know that the problem is dehydration, but your audience isn't walking around saying, I'm struggling from dehydration. They're walking around saying, I'm struggling from a headache. And that's exactly it. Like it's meeting your audience where they're at and using the words that they use to describe the problem. Yeah. I love that. Love it so much. Okay. This was awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share about launching while I have you? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I could talk about launching all day long, (laughs) but I think, I think that's everything on launching for now. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, where can people go to learn more about you, Steph? Yeah, sure. They can find me at stephtaylor.co is my website. You can listen to my podcast at stephtaylor.co forward slash podcast, or you can just search for socialette in any of the podcast apps. And I'm at stephtaylor.co on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amanda. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you really quick for sticking around and listening all the way till the end. If you need them, we've got all the links for this episode in the show notes, which you can find over at amandagenther.com forward slash podcast. And if you really enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show so that you get new episodes downloaded as soon as they come out. And if you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating or review. Your reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast worth listening to, which can help me and my guests reach more people and in turn help more online businesses. So that's it for today. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. But until then, it's time to get back to work and take some action.